Welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. Perfect. I, oh man, see I'm doing it already. We just ate Tim Tams and I feel like Mr. Ed, like... (laughs) For the American listeners, we're not going to tell you what Tim Tams are because you'd just be jealous. They know what they are. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like someone's put peanut butter on the roof of my mouth and now I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I remember like seeing Mr. Ed as a kid, just being like, what the fuck is this? Who thought this was fucking funny? And it probably got like 300 episodes. <laughs> they didn't have much to work with back in the day, so... Talking horse was about as wild as it got. I'm sure the the first sight of a talking horse on television, and I mean like Mr. Ed, I don't, I'm not saying that he's actually <laughs> a literal talking to, horse. A literal talking horse, but like the sight of like that's got to be the most insane special effects for like the 50s or yeah. whenever Mr. Ed was around. That's exactly it. Like they were just like, holy shit, how we not thought of this earlier? But, like, it just, it would be on at some point. I think it was on before something that I wanted to watch as a kid. And it would just be like, what the fuck is this horse doing? And it was always just in the stable. Yeah. Cracking jokes. Well, it's not like you can direct it to act. Well, that's true. <laughs> could direct it to talk. My advice to you with regards to that is don't look back in anger. Ah, well, there you go. Nice segue. So I start a revolution from my bed. Cause you said the brains I had went to my head. Step outside, summer times in blue. Stand up beside the fireplace. Take that look from off your face. You ain't ever gonna burn my heart out. This week's song is Don't Look Back in Anger, as you just said, mm-hmm. or as you told me not to, uh, by Oasis, yep. as covered by Cleave for Punko's 90s Volume 2 Japanese Special Edition. Yes. But before we get into the song, I want to share a story with you that I didn't tell you yesterday because I wanted to share it on the podcast and I wanted to get a, a, a live, unedited unfiltered reaction from you. So that's where we're at now, is we're actively withholding information from each other. Just like little bits. I I mean, I told you about the chicken that I saw on my walk today. No, that's pretty great. Yeah. Which is just like a chicken in like, 
even suburban one suburban Melbourne. Suburban Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> but I was driving to a job yesterday and I was stopped at a light and there was just like a tram stop next to me. And there was just this guy, and this was like eight thirty in the morning. There was this guy just standing at the tram stop with a fuck off sized tub of yogurt. Greek <laughs> Greek like a yogurt. Kilo tub, like it the was ones I, I mean get. it was whatever the biggest one you could get I from think, Woolworths yeah. was. Oh. And he's just eating it with a teaspoon, just <laughs> staring at me. Just I- Eating his eating his Greek yogurt, and I don't I don't I couldn't see if it was flavored or not. It could have just been plain Greek yogurt. Oh, especially if it's like the crap that I get, like the point five percent fat, mm. unflavored like Greek style yogurt. That's the most depressing. Yeah. Like at least I'd chuck like honey and muesli and shit in that, but yeah. Straws if you've got them. Uh, was but- he buff? Like, because Greek yogurt's a good source of protein. No. Ah. Oh. He was just a regular looking man. Oh, that's fair enough. And like, then. and like, he had the mask pulled down so he could <laughs> do it. But like, yeah, it was just like, it was just a quiet street. There was no one else at the tram stop, <laughs> and he was just dead eyeing me while he just, just hoovered. This Greek yogurt. Was it, and like, it wasn't a plastic teaspoon. It was like a proper teaspoon. Oh, it was a proper, it was a metal teaspoon okay. as well. And See, he, this is what makes it even more puzzling. Like, and, and he was doing the thing that I do, which is when I'm eating like ice cream with a spoon, I always go for a teaspoon because you, it lasts longer. You don't yeah. need as much and it lasts longer. That's what I was about to say. It's like he was savoring it because yeah. he had a metal teaspoon. Mm-hmm. He brought his own. Yeah, so, like, did he bring the yogurt from home or did he bring a spoon in his pocket and then go get the yogurt and then eat it? But where the tram stop was, there was, like, there's a Woolies, like, a (laughs) hundred metres away. So I have to assume that he he might have gotten up in the morning, left the house, got his Greek yogurt and was going back home. And he just couldn't wait. It sounds dodgy as, what was he wearing? Like a flannel. Okay. uh, A hoodie. He was wearing tracksuit pants. True. I'm picturing someone getting up at like more like four thirty, four forty five, ahead of like the five AM curfew break. Mm. Going for like a run and planning his route so that it's like stopping at the Woolworths and he has a spoon in his pocket ahead of time. Yeah. No. To get like post workout protein gains. Don't think I mean I was gonna make a really uh, a gross joke, but I won't. Good, um, thank you. So, but no, it was <laughs> it was not exercise gear that he he kind of looked like how I look at the moment. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're looking very athletic. Today. Oh, I'm wearing my podcast tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. Which um, you know, I, I I I needed to get podcast shorts because I just get too hot in here. So yeah. Um, the th- the other thing that like rattles me about that story is like Greek yogurt has a distinct bite to it. Yeah, it isn't like a pleasant yeah. experience if you're not adding anything else to it. No. So he's like cut from a different cloth entirely. I really appreciate this man. The more I think about it, he. I mean, it's kind of like I feel like put him in a room with my father, the the <laughs> same man who who drinks a short black before bed. 
because it just it does nothing for him anymore. Like it, it, it does gives him no boost. He just likes it. That's a man who has seen things. Like, it just has no effect on him anymore. The same as my dad. Yeah. So wherever you are, gentle sir, what 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 are you eating now? And yeah, what are your secrets in general? Because I feel like you've either got it. Like you're either like on an enlightened path or like something's gone horribly wrong. Yeah. There's no in between. I think I would still prefer to be in a room with this guy than either of the Gallagher's though. Yeah. So we've already covered Oasis with Wonderwall, haven't we? Yeah. Which was relatively recently. I think in the last few months we did that. Yeah. So I'm quite happy to um skip the details about them in particular. Which is good because I didn't write any details about them as you people. You didn't have to mention that. I was giving you a save. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> well, just in case someone's like listening going, oh, no, but he wrote all those details about them. Like, why are you skipping past it? No, I didn't write anything because I, I, I'm i I'm almost at the point where I'm getting a little bit relieved when it's like, all right, I don't need to write details about this act because <laughs> we've already done them. We've already done them recently. This is how misinformation happens is people just will go, eh, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are complicit. Sure. But we did write some details about the song. Because Please regale us with said facts. Because this would be like their other... Big song. Yeah. I, I, look, I imagine in England, their native England, they're probably like, they've probably got a million and one singles that are all platinum. <laughs> yeah. But, but like internationally, this was like their other really big song. Yeah. So yeah. I forgot what it was called for a sec. Don't Look Back in Anger was the fourth single from the band's second studio album, What's the Story? Morning Glory from 1995, which is also the album that had Wonderwall. Yes. Uh, the song was written by Oasis guitarist Noel Gallagher, who also co-produced the song with Owen Morris, who produced the Verve album Northern uh, Northern Soul. And you discovered just before we started recording, like, Liam doesn't have credits on it? Yeah, so Noel, this was the first... Hang on, I'll bring out the article. It was the first single with lead vocals by Noel, mm-hmm. who had previously only sung lead on B-sides instead of his brother Liam. Noel would later sing lead vocals on six more singles. And if you look into the, um, if you look at the Wikipedia page in the personnel section, Liam's not even mentioned. It's the other members of Oasis minus Liam, <laughs> which <laughs> I guess like, cause on Wonderwall, Liam's credited as lead vocals and tambourine. It's like, if he doesn't know any other instruments and he is in the film clip, but he's just sort of That's like true. wandering about. Yeah. Like, Does he play an, an instrument? No. Well, at that point, at the very least, he wasn't. Huh. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say he didn't because I, mean, I don't know because I'm not an Oasis you're fan. You're on Wikipedia. Can you humor me and click on Liam Gallagher? Li- Liam Gallagher's page? Yes. Look I, at this, like, live information researching. No, no, like, it's, it's cool. Yeah, this is how it's done <laughs> in the biz. So... What have we got here? So, occupation singer-songwriter from Manchester, England. Uh, instruments. Okay. V- vocals, guitar, percussion, piano. Okay. So, he um, can. Yeah. You know, it made sense with the tambourine. That's a percussion instrument. This is true. Um, yeah, that does. That does. Maybe that was the, like, 
the start of their fighting was this, like yeah this is what makes it more glaringly obvious that he's not included in yeah. the credits because he's not even like i don't know arrangement yeah like you know there's i know it would have been would have been pretty weird i'm pretty sure that there was two guitarists in oasis um i'm gonna go and look through them but like while i'm talking but like couldn't have done like a third guitar role or like a piano bit in the chorus or something i like to think he's just treating it like a corporate job where like the higher up you get just delegate just delegate everything yeah (laughs) (laughs) and look he's He's in the band and he's credited as being in the band, so I'm sure it's still a good payday. Although Noel would have gotten the uh, the the better payday for having written the song. True. But anyway, Gallagher, that's... Uh, oops. My bad. Uh, that is Noel Gallagher, not Liam, stated that the song is about not being upset about the things you might have said or done yesterday, which is quite appropriate at the moment. It's about looking forward rather than looking back. I hate people who look back on the past or talk about what might have been. End Says quote. one of two people who does that all the time and yeah. cracks the shits at everyone and everything. Well, I mean, rules don't apply to him. No, of course not. I'll, I'll, I'll make the rules, but they don't apply to me. And I'll also not tell anybody else what the rules are. I, like, words cannot begin to describe how little I care about the Gallagher brothers. I know. Like, I know. <laughs> and, like... There are a lot of people, and look, I imagine a lot of them are probably British, but like, there are still a lot of people who are like, oh my God, they're like, they're the John Lennons of our time, but it's like. But you had John Lennon. <laughs> but they're also just kind of idiots. Yeah. And like, and like, if, if Noel's John Lennon worship isn't so glaringly obvious by listening to just the opening piano, yeah, riff, yeah. which again couldn't be played by Liam. If it's not glaringly obvious that, like, he loves his John Lennon because... It just sounds like Imagine and then it dovetails. And then it dovetails. But, yeah. like, the the fucking round sunglasses. Yeah, like, yeah. You, we know, we know that you love your John Lennon. They're very, um... I'll just say this, sorry for jumping in and then I'll let you go. You're not unique for loving John Lennon as well. Like, the the the, the most popular rock band... Ever, you're mm-hmm. not unique for liking John Lennon. Yes. Go on. Nah. Okay. I've changed my mind. Nah. <laughs> Sorry. So after the Manchester Arena bombing on the 22nd of March 2017 in the band's hometown of Manchester, the song was used in re- remembrance of the 22 victims and to show the city's spirit. So we revisited the footage from the... um. Not the actual attack. No. We revisited the footage from the tribute concert. Like yes. the um Yeah, the event that they did. Like Ariana headed it up. Um Yeah, it Ariana Grande. Because yes. I didn't write that it was an Ariana Grande concert that had happened at Yeah. Um It's wild that like I don't know. I still can't get over the fact that, like, so quick recap, Chris Martin from Coldplay mm-hmm. does a cover of this for the Benefit concert. Yeah. Ariana is on stage with him with her microphone. Like, she takes it off the stand and has it ready to go. And then, obviously, he didn't sort of 
include Ariana on the memo of like, no, I'm just going to handle this one. Just step back. Cause like, and look, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound horrible. Like I am all for her doing this and like, cause this had to have been traumatic for her as well. Yeah. She was, she was there. She was a part of it. Um, but like, He's standing up there with her and he's like, all right, thanks, Ariana. I'm going to let you take a little time off now and I'm going to sing you a song, which kind of to me also translates to shut the fuck up for five minutes while I sing this song because yeah. I'm going to sing the song because I'm Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. I wrote Clocks. Like, you know, it, it just sort of – she's standing up there really awkwardly with a microphone. She she clearly at one point tries to start singing and realises they've cut my fucking microphone. Yep. And it's like, what, she couldn't she couldn't sing the chorus with you, Chris? That it's like you've literally got one of the world's most talented songwriters next to you. Yeah. And instead we just hear fucking Chris Martin. Songwriters and just like tremendous performer as well yeah. in Ariana Grande. I guess like I guess when I don't know how long he was married to Gwyneth Paltrow for, but like he had to get some ego in. Yeah, true. <laughs> with with being married to her, like he had to sort of he had to figure out who he was. I think by that point they had consciously uncoupled, hadn't they? Yeah, I think they might have. Yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, because I think he was because uh, he was dating Jennifer Lawrence at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still very impressed at how Ariana just handled the whole post like attack, like media and like fronting up this concert. Like she just because she was so young when it happened. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, age isn't a thing. Like, it's, it would just be horrible for anyone. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing is, like, she was so young to have that kind of a role and having to sort of spearhead the emotional recovery mm. of an entire city. Yeah. Like, that's fucking huge. And yet she kept going. And then, like, yeah, me and friend of the pod, Richard S.E., like, we went and saw her, like that same year i think like she just kept touring which i feel like that would say a lot about enemy of the pod scooter braun's management style possibly Mm. but Mm. it's just it's wild like she just handled it with such grace and i'm yeah i like that coupled with seeing her in concert like it just won me over i was like yep you're great yeah because you weren't you weren't Big on Ariana Grande, yeah. Before that, and then you were just sort of like, yeah, all right, I'll go. Yeah, so it's a show. Like, I don't know if you paid for your ticket or if you, yeah, yeah, I did. okay, yeah. But like, it was just like you were interested enough to go, and then you were like, oh, okay, yeah, nice, no, I, I see. It was so good, like it just and because on your on the back of your Ariana Grande shirt, like it has the tour dates, and then next to Manchester is the, the ribbon, little ribbon, yeah, with the with the rabbit ears. Like, it's just crazy that she kept going after that. Like, she Mm. had every right to step back. Take a breath. But, yeah, it's just, it's mental. Like, you could be right, though. Like, her management and record company could be saying, well, sorry, you gotta, we got, Mm. we sold tickets. You gotta go out there and perform. Yeah. You gotta, you still got, and like, it's like halfway through that tour or something. Like, it's, it looks like it's middle of your shirt is the ribbon mm. and it's like, oh shit, she still had to, she still had to fucking work yeah, a lot. So yeah, look, that's just speculation on our behalf, but yes. 
who knows? Like, who knows? We should probably pivot back to Oasis. Move, move on. So the music video is directed by Nigel Dick, who directed the videos for Sweet Child Oh Mine by Guns N' Roses, As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys, and Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Not one of his best works. This is this video is just like I don't find it iconic in any way. No, not really. Like it's it just feels very British. <laughs> they well, they get driven around by a British actor. Uh, yeah, Nigel. No, oh, I wrote Nigel Dick. <laughs> I wrote Nigel Dick twice. Hang on. We are actively supplying misinformation to oh, our listenership. No, How I, could you? I can't do that. They're, they're driven around by... Um, I thought you'd know him by name. No, I, I don't know him by name. I I, I know him for uh, <laughs> for being in uh, the like one of the best James Bond movies, A View to a Kill. Because it has the Duran Duran song in it. No, it's just one of the best. It's like one of the only James Bond movies you've seen. That is true. I had also had quite a few wines at that point, but... Yeah, we were in a good place because we had, you know, we were in New Zealand and we were happy yes. and... But no, it was a very good song. Not song, movie. It's not a good movie, but it's just a fun movie. Yes. <laughs> so who was it? Give me just... I'm still going. <laughs> hang on. Oh. Oh, hang on. Dun. Who is Patrick McNee? Okay, thank you. <laughs> ah, this is why I should um go over my notes twice before recording. So they're driven around by famed British actor Patrick McNee. I almost read Nigel Dick again. <laughs> I think at that point I would have just walked out of here. <laughs> That's it. And left you to figure out the rest of it off your own. <laughs> I would just be like, I would just be like sort of quietly mumbling to myself like, is it Pat, like, Nigel Dick? Like, what is, uh, no, 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 Nigel Dick was the, uh, was the uh, director. So Patrick McNee. Yes. Who was on the 60s British TV, I think it was like a spy drama, mm-hmm. The Avengers. Sure. Uh, I know it because it had Diana Rigg in it. Meow. Excellent. And as I said before, he was also in uh, A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill. He gets killed by Grace Jones. There's worse ways to go. Yeah, she could kill me any day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the song reached number 19 on the ARIA charts, number two in Canada, number one in Ireland, Scotland, and the UK, and 55 on the Billboard Hot 100. What do you what do you think of the song? I like it. Like it's similar to Wonderwall. Like it's a good song where I'm sick of it mm. because it gets played so much because it's so good and then it gets played so much. Yeah. Um but it's also like it's a very classic song. Like I definitely remember being like in primary school and singing along like Sir, like yeah. Before even knowing who it was and what the song was called. Yeah. Um, and it's got, like, very clever lyrics. Yeah. Like, as much as I hate to admit it, like, on the Gallagher's part, but... um, It's just sort of like, you know, how we kind of say, like, well, Kanye West might be a bit of a shitty person, but 
that man knows how to write a good tune. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's like just very interesting turns of phrase and it is a like lovely sentiment of mm. like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll say I prefer this to Wonderwall. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'd prefer to be, yeah, I don't know. I would prefer to be liking a song with uh, Liam on vocals than Noel, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, it is very, like, as you said, it is very classic. It, it does have that sort of, it does have that kind of overplayed feel to it. Yeah. But I'm never, I'm never upset to hear it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is one of those ones though, for the longest time, I didn't know that it was Oasis. I just thought it was any interchangeable British band from the nineties. Yeah. And I was like, so is it like Jarvis Cocker? Is it, (laughs) is it, I'm trying to think of like some other, like, is it Blur? Is it like some other, I don't know. The Verve. The Verve. Yeah. Is it the Verve? And was surprised that it was Oasis, but then it was like, oh no, that makes sense that it's Oasis. Yeah. And like, as we mentioned earlier, like it does start off with a piano riff. Again, no, your, your brother Liam is a pianist. Like he could have probably played that bit, but it starts off so much like Imagine. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's the, it's the same. It's the same opening key. Opening key, but it doesn't, it doesn't. Like a, yeah, I can't remember chord, exactly. I should say. I can't remember ex- exactly how it goes, how it transitions, but then, and then it, like it kicks into the song mm. pretty quickly, like, and it 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 just has that very nostalgic. I don't know, like that sort of nineties. It's yeah. almost like the nineties nostalgia of like the sixties and seventies. Yeah, like, like how it has like, the sort of production value of a nineties song. Yeah, oh, definitely. And it's, it, you know, sort of like how, like, you know, a couple of years later, a movie like Austin Powers comes out and it's like, oh, remember how good the 60s were? Yeah, yeah. Or remember how good, like, old James Bond movies were? It just sort of has that feel of, like, even back then, like, it's like nostalgic. We listen to it now, nostalgic for the 90s, and they're looking back nostalgic for, well, he's he's definitely nostalgic for when John Lennon was still alive, you know? Yes. Um, I don't know, like, it just, it, it definitely has that feeling of this couldn't come out from anywhere besides England as well. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's almost- very, like, Brit rock. It's, it's I like- I want to say Brit, well, I guess Brit pop, sort of. I think they're classified as Brit pop, aren't they? If Blur's classified as Brit pop, then mm. I think Oasis has to be classified as Brit pop. Mm. Um, but like, it's, it's like finding, finding warmth when you're living in a place that's so cold, yeah. like England, because I don't know. I mean, we, I mean, we sort of do know a lot about England because we get taught a lot about England, but like yeah. one thing I, one thing that like one stereotype I have about England is that it's always just fucking miserable outside. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the, the song, all the leaves are brown. <laughs> and the sky is grey just makes me think of England. And the sky is brown. And the sky is brown. But that's probably because there was the British sketch show that had Kitty Flanagan in it. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And they did that they did the the skit about singing that song. That's what I was referencing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Skit House, wasn't it? It wasn't um 
Or was British, it the sketch show? Australian. Yeah. No, no, no. It was British. It huh. was British, and she was she was in it because that was my introduction to her. I was like, she's Australian, huh? Yeah. This is very niche content. Yeah, it is. So I'll uh, I'll bring it back. I guess I don't know. Like it's it's. This is why I really need to start writing out some thoughts about the song <laughs> as well. Yeah. Because I ramble. Yep. We do know this about you. I don't know. Maybe I don't have anything else to say and about that's, it. That's okay. Yeah. Silence is also an answer. <laughs> Your silence is deafening, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to say about it? Um, I like that idea of it, like what you highlighted on just before about the warmth in it. Like, yeah, it kind of, it has a similar warmth to me as like, why does it always rain on me by Travis? Yeah. And that's another one that I was thinking of as well as Travis. Yeah. Like just, yeah, there's definitely that sort of particular, like, I don't know if it's like a guitar tone or like I said, like production values, but like. It's very squarely in the 90s and early 2000s and very squarely in the United Kingdom. Yeah. I never know how to refer to it now post-Brexit. Like, what is what? Anyway. Uh, UK fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. It doesn't matter. Well, um, sorry. No, you go. I had nothing to say. Go. Oh, no, like, when you talk about it, though, like, that does make me think that there is almost like this particular guitar tone like the the twangy guitar tone is almost like the british guitar tone yeah like specifically england i'm not lumping in scotland and ireland i would never dream of lumping them in with england sure um but yeah like there's there is also that 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 tone to it and like it is kind of it is sort of interesting kind of when you look at the when you look at the film clip because again the film clip's pretty pretty boring but, and it's very British. And it is very British. But, like, like all of this, like, sort of brightness in the song and, like, the, the kind of... I don't know if it's necessarily a happy song, but, like, it's it doesn't bring you down in the dumps, like, the chorus and everything. Like, it's, it's all sort of, like... Well, it's kind of bittersweet, I suppose. Bittersweet. Yeah. But, like, everything about the film clip is cold as well. Yeah. And, again, like, it's probably because they're in England. That's true. Yeah, it... But like the mansion that they're in just looks it's I always get that feeling when you when you watch a movie and like there's like the double the double staircases yeah, and it's it just all looks cold. It's all made out of marble and I always just think Yeah, but is it warm in there? It just looks oh, freezing. It would be, yeah, you're just nah. Like, like you can only have a place like that in somewhere like California where it's I don't know, I'm not gonna say it's always hot, but like it's usually pretty sunny in California. Yeah. I want to like I'm sure someone's written about it, but like It'd be so fascinating to learn more about just how different continents have different sort of aesthetics mm. based on locale and like climate and history and all that. Like, the more I think about it, like, I find this video quite dull, but again, it has that very British sort of quality to it that ties it to the likes of like the likes of blur or the likes mm. of um who's that the verve and ones verve, like that yeah. like just the sort of the saturated colors the sort of juxtaposition of like i'm really close and now i'm back here yeah and now i'm playing drums in the middle of a pool and like with no emotion yeah. as well and of course like that would be 
because I feel like Nigel Dick, and I'm getting it right this time. Yes. He's not also Patrick McNee. But I feel like, I mean, he knows what he's doing because he's directed some pretty famous film clips. Like, yeah. the Baby One More Time film clip is iconic. Yeah. Like, so I feel like he would have directed them properly. And it is very much, and again, like, they're sitting in the car for, like, I don't know, half of it or, like, the first minute or so of the song. And again, like, he's just sort of, like, singing it's almost like singing quietly to himself but everyone else is just sort of like looking out the window fucking liam's like why am i here i don't have a part in this yeah (laughs) but like i don't know i think it's one of those cases like the more i talk about it maybe it is becoming a bit more interesting than than i initially was dismissing it as yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i yeah i'm gonna Oh, I say it, and I'm knowing full well that I won't. I'm going to do some reading. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're going to you're going to um, like listen to some more Oasis. I was no, like, why would you do that? To like, what's the story? Morning Glory is a pretty decent album, and like Champagne Supernova. That's a fucking good song. I love that song. I don't see. I don't even know that song. So you'd know it if you heard it. Okay. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. Now I'm super interested to hear more just about that sort of aesthetic differences thing yeah yeah because it's also very beatlesy to me of like sort of we're just being a bit wacky like i don't know it feels like it's not being wacky for fun it feels like it's being wacky for quote-unquote art though but yeah to me that again it's sort of distinctly british for some reason Mm, and i don't know why like i feel like i feel like the beatles maybe and i i mean i'm not a beatles fan so i wouldn't be able to tell you but like i feel like they could at times, poke fun at themselves. Yeah. And I don't, like, I don't imagine the Gallaghers can do that. Gallaghers, not Gallaghers. I don't imagine the Gallaghers can sort of Mm. do that. I don't know. (laughs) I think we've reached a pretty logical conclusion on Oasis here, or else we're just going to keep spiralling into Lennon territory. I'm going to, look, I'm going to, I will, like, I will, like, Talk to a point where it's like I sound re- like I really know what I'm talking about, and then it's going to circle back, and then I'm gonna, it's going to be obvious that I don't. So before I fall on my proverbial face, yeah, trip trip on my face. Uh, let's just move on. Yes. Cleave formed in 1999 from Tokyo, Japan, forming in high school. 
fantastic. This is actually an interesting one because I was actually able to find a little bit more information mm. about them other than what I could gather from poorly translated uh, Facebook pages. Yes. So the band began by covering no effects and no use for a name songs before eventually writing their own material. And they began their own label, HGR. Couldn't figure out what HGR was, though. Okay. Stood for. So. I guess, like, before we get sort of straight into what we think of this cover, um, it's interesting to note that according to, like, the sort of production credits at the end of the music video for this, Mm -hmm. which sort of recaps, like, the making of and has a lot of, like, footage of them all in the studio and whatnot. They note that the Wembley chorus, which I assume they mean, like, just the gang vocals in the chorus, how it does become quite big and broad. Um, They're joined by the likes of Before My Life Fails and Her Name in Blood, who have also appeared on the Punk Goes Japanese roster. Yeah, I can't remember which songs they did, but it was either Cher or Limp Bizkit. Mm. Or I feel like another one. We've done another one, I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah, so it's just, it's neat that there's sort of that cross-referencing again. Yeah, and I, I look, I imagine that, like, especially if they're all from Tokyo, which mm. I believe they all are. Like, I think so. It would be a pretty insular scene. Like, I feel like you're gonna you're gonna come across another band in a similar style, yeah, to yours pretty quickly. On this, you know, in this, I mean, it's a big city, but like, mm. I feel like it's you know, it's not going to be the most mainstream of you know music, yeah, stylings over in Japan, yeah, um, yeah. I just feel like you're gonna you're going to come across each other and it's nice to see that they all, you know, look like good pals. Yeah, they, they run in the same circles. Like, it isn't just a sort of gun-for-hire situation. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, palling it up on the film clip as well. It's yeah. pretty cute. So, what do we think of the cover? The cover's great. I love it so much. It's so good. Like, <laughs> this is one of those ones where it really did sort of blow my mind how much... Like, how hard it rules. It's yeah. just, like, I immediately was like, shit, who can I tell about this? So, like, messaged a colleague of mine on Teams. I was like, listen to this. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> again, like, it's these kinds of covers that just really reinvigorate me with this whole project. Yeah, yeah. And this is, like, this is a good... Because the other Japanese bands still go towards, like, the core side mm, of it yeah. whereas this is just like as i said like they started off covering no effects and no use for a name so like this is just a straight up punk cover of yeah. this song and it's and it's so good it's also like this is a straight up even though like they've been around for like 20 years at this point but like this is a straight up punk cover done in the early 2010s when yeah that wasn't really the trend at the yeah. time yeah it wasn't the style of the time and it just i I do love that it's like they've been given this chance to do this and they just they do such a good version of the song. Yeah. As well. Again, you mentioned it, but I've written down gang vocals are back and in choir form. It's just so lovely. Like it yeah, it just it fits the brief so well. Like it kind of exceeds my expectations of what I could have imagined for a just a straight pop punk cover. Yeah. 
And I don't, like, that kind of sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but, like, I think I was expecting something completely different, so then to have my expectations exceeded. Mm. It's just kind of like, holy shit, like, this is so good. Well, again, like I mentioned, like, the other Japanese bands, even though we've we've had, like, all good except for the, the Avril Lavigne song, mm. all good experiences with them, like, they do go towards the heavier side, and especially considering those other bands that we've talked about are in this song. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, it has, it has sort of like put into my brain, like an expectation that maybe when we do the Japanese songs, there are going to be metalcore versions. True. Of the song. That's a good point. And it was like listening to it and I was kind of waiting for it to be like, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was the, waiting for like the breakdown and the growl. Yeah. Yeah. Or the growl and the breakdown. And it never came. And I was I was so happy that it never did because it, I mean, if that's not them, then that's not them. Yeah. And why would they do that? But like, I'm just kind of disappointed that I couldn't find their stuff. Like I wanted yeah. to listen to more of what Cleave does. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's such, and like, like if you, like, I mean, I could only listen to it on YouTube anyway. You did as well, but like, You'd be doing a disservice to not listen to the, not to not watch the video as yeah. well because the video is just so delightful. It's it's it yeah it very much reflects like the care and the earnestness that they bring yeah. to the track. I suppose like even like just from the beginning of it, they're like oh, covering like the world's best band. It's just like oh, like they're not, but also <laughs> like. Bless your heart. But it's just, yeah, it's really sweet. Like, and just seeing, like, this little booth with, like, all these kids, like, crammed into it. Like, just literally, like, arm in arm with my bros. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's perfect. This feels like the the positive side of, like, the, like, punk hardcore. Like, yeah, bro. exactly. Growing out, like, bro culture. Like, yeah, it's not like, oh, you fucking betrayed me. Yeah. And my family. Like, this is what the scene should be about. This is the kind of shit that drew me into the scene when I was a kid. Mm. Was just that idea of, like, sharing this really joyful moment with a bunch of other people who are there for the same reason as you. And I, th- I think that it sort of is getting to that point. Like, I don't think it's as takes itself as seriously as it used to. With bands yeah, like, true. With bands like... Um, like man overboard and what's the what's the one with the guy who did the who was doing the side band with Mark Hoppus? Oh yeah, simple creatures, all time low, all time low. Yeah. But like they're relatively new, aren't they? Or are they like no, they're, they're like fifteen years old, aren't they? Yeah, like I went and saw them in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, I think. But I feel like they're relatively positive and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like it's 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 not about like oh you fucking betrayed me. I guess like. You've got the likes of, like, Neck Deep and those ones. They're sort of, like, yes, the current generation. that's of, what like, I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, Neck Deep. And, like, Man Overboard's relatively new as well. Yeah. Um, like, some of the ones that we did late last year are re- relatively new bands. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, they don't look like they're, they're in it to look tough or anything yeah, like that. They're true. in it to have a good time. Yeah. Playing some just fun music and eating pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Quintessential pop punk. <sighs> And like playing your Super Nintendo. Yes. Yes. 
Would you like to list a few more stereotypical activities? Uh, dickies. Yep. That's well, not an activity. Sho- well, it's... shopping for dickies. Yes. Uh, sizing dickies. Yep. Picking colour of dickies. Um, skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Wakeboarding. No, not really. No. Snowboarding? There were some snowboarding movies. If you're, like, super rich, I guess. Yeah, you would have to be, wouldn't you? Yep. There was, like, the... There was the early 2000s snowboarding movie with Zach Galifianakis. I can't remember what it's called. That does not seem like, pop-punk at all. <laughs> no. You might be right, but, like, I'm pretty sure if you watch it, it's, like, it's all just, like, pop-punk songs. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, oh, spiking your hair. Mm-hmm. Or dyeing your hair. Mm-hmm. Or both. Um, crying over the girl who won't give you a chance. I think we've just figured out our first Patreon episode is I'll just sit here and be like, all right, list all of these things, go. And then two hours later, you might run out of ideas. Getting getting your hair caught in your uh, hooker shell necklace? That's puka not shell. pop-punk at all. Well, we were puka shell necklaces. That's because you grew up on the peninsula. Oh, uh, Get out of here with that. <laughs> Get out of here. Pre- like, pretending you're a good skateboarder when you're not? <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, playing an instrument. <laughs> the most obvious one. <laughs> yeah, which I, which I failed to answer immediately. <laughs> Let's talk about Sandy Beach Surf Coaster. Yeah, like, speaking of puka shell necklaces. Yeah. Fucking, I guess. So in other covers, we are staying on the island of Japan. We just have the one other cover, and I think that's perfect. Yeah, we did kind of discuss the Chris Martin one, um, and we didn't want to play it, so... Yeah. Um, it, look, this was also one that was like kind of hard to find a cool cover. I listened to this one, that's a cool cover, I don't want to, I don't want to like do any more. Yeah. So, as I said, we're staying on the island of Japan... Island or islands? Because it's four. I don't know. Okay. We're staying in Japan. Staying in Japan with Sandy Beach Surf Coaster. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember exactly, like, the words. Uh, Yeah, this is just another dope, punkish, female-fronted punkish cover. This would have been if there was, like, a Japanese... uh, remake of like 10 things i hate about you this yeah. band this song would have played on it yeah this would have been like the letters to cleo equivalent or if there was like a 
a early 2000s Japanese remake of When Harry Met Sally. And because Sally's in the chorus of the song. And, but it was like all about punkers. Okay. So a completely different movie. (laughs) Entirely. On the beach. Sure. So what do you think of Sandy Beach Surf? Oh, this is great as well. I said it's dope. Like, I, again, like I, I went from the Cleve one and this was the recommended, like the next recommended video. I was like, okay. And I played it and I was like, oh, that's, uh, that's sick. Yeah. I... Oh, look, I did, I did do a little bit of digging into like other covers, but like you can kind of imagine all the thumbnails of just people in their bedroom on an acoustic guitar. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to go through any of that. I want to listen to this again. Yeah. It's just, it's very, like almost kind of surf. Yeah. Kind of like very sunny and warm and it's just, it's nice. Like it's just very sweet. A this, bit more DIY than um, yeah. Cleave, but that adds to its charm. This would have been another one, like a film clip for the recording of this would have been really fun. Because I, yeah. I reckon they would have, again, been having a, a blast. Exactly. Putting this out there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so, so good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't even, look, I'm not going to ramble. I don't have words for it because it's just, it's that good. And I don't want to annoy you any further. <laughs> I've done a lot of talking today, so I'm definitely hitting a wall. But also, like you said, like, what else is there to say? It's just so good. Yeah. Like, this has been a really nice sort of palate cleanser of an episode after yeah. a couple of weeks where, like, there's been really good covers we've talked about, but just the discourse has been kind of sucky. Yeah. To- at some points. So, like, yeah. I'm all for, like, earnest bands in Japan doing really sick punk and pop-punk covers. Look. Keep them coming. Cleave, if you listen to this, maybe we can have a discussion about who the actual world's best band is. Um, but, you know. It's just, it's... I love seeing just those little fan moments. Yeah. Like, no, you're right. Like, yeah, they love Oasis and yeah. they used to cover No Effects and No Use for a Name and they've got a No Use for a Name like piece of merch of some description in the studio and one it's of them's a CD. and one of them's wearing an alkaline trio shirt and it's just like it's Yeah, it's just it's very wholesome. This is what we're here for. Alright. Cleve, if you're listening to this, let's get you on the pod and we can I don't know, talk some no effects or some me first and then gimme gimme's or something. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, hell yeah or yeah nah. Look, I, mean, I will give the original a hell yeah as well. Yes. Like I said, like I, I do like this and I like this more than Wonderwall. And, and it does have that, the more I delved into it, it was like, oh, this is becoming more interesting to me. Yes. And of course, like the cover gets an absolute hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about you? I'm assuming it's the same. Hell yeah's all round. Hell yeah's all round. This has just been one of those good episodes. So until next time, Mm -hmm. this has been Don't Look Back in Anger.